You want more unity in your marriage, in your church, in your life, your community? Stick around. We're talking about unity when we disagree. This is the Unscripted Podcast. You know, everything's always fine and blissful until we disagree about something. Yeah, I tell you, the um, you, you it's it, you. Oh, you know, the thing about Unscripted, our, our deal is we don't talk about what we're going to talk about. Everybody knows that, right? right, right. And the um, so you said you want to talk about your community, your marriage, your church. I'm thinking like. All right, well, this is another six series. When then I was thinking this is going to be a one shot deal, and I'm thinking we got a Derringer now. You got a hey, I just I, made a whole PowerPoint for this, so we better make a series <laughs> out of it. Yeah, so you look at the people at the table, like on this picture right here, and like this is this is what we want. I love how these people pose for these pictures. You right, know? exactly. Like, all right, y'all be still, okay? You know, let's all be still. And of course, and 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 it's good. This is what we want. We want people of different. Different ages, different colors, and that's certainly what we want in life, and that's what we want in the church. That's why God designed it. But that's even a posed picture. I mean, like, oh yeah, who's going to get down on their knees on the concrete? Right. Yeah, look at this old lady right here. right here around the table. Of course, you know, this is pre-COVID. You know, right, nobody's exactly. that close. Yeah, exactly. Maybe they all got their stick. Maybe that's what it is now. Maybe so. If you're, if you're not... If you're not watching, maybe you should watch on Facebook or YouTube, so that way you can check out the uh, the videos for our podcast. But you know, everything we unity is a great idea, and certainly God designed unity in our marriage. He designed unity in the church, unity in our friendships. But it's it's certainly something that I mean it it takes it takes practice. It takes a uh, it takes really sacrifice. It takes a lot of love, and um, and so if we really want unity. We're, whenever we disagree is whenever is whenever our un our our unity is actually tested, and and that's the and that's the whole idea of, of a Christian is, unfortunately, people are going to remember us far too often for whenever we did have a disagreement, or they're going to remember the the time that we reacted in a negative way, and from a disagreement from a mean? disagreement, yeah. And so, I mean, you think about it. How many times do you have people come up to you like, no, I know that you're actually a rock star, so you get, you know, you constantly PTP, you know, people call you up and they're like, oh, Chris, I love your sermon from PTP from 2016. That happens all the time, like five times. I know, your phone's just ringing (laughs) off the hook all the time. It's happened like five times in my life. Yeah. But no, so it's, but there are some times that we'll have people who will say something about a podcast or whatever. But, but far too often, you, you think about if we preach, Right now, if you preach, you know, fifty-two Sundays a year, it, it's it's very unlikely for people to come up to you and talk to you about all the positive things that you said. But what will they? What will they bring up? You know, they're going to bring up the negative things that happened, or or whatever. And so that that's really what defines us as a Christian is whenever we go through these trials, we go through these problems, and and so that's when our unity is tested is whenever we disagree about something. So that's what we want to talk about on our podcast is. How do we disagree? How do we have unity in it? What does the Bible talk about? And uh, I feel like I've been talking a whole lot. So go ahead. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just sitting there thinking about all the, you know, our, our twelve series is going to go into this now. 
<laughs> because you, you just you just had so much good meat that you threw on the bone right there. And you know the um, some of the things I think about with unity is I think that the biggest problem people understand misunderstand with unity is is that when we're uni- we are united with something, they think that we have to agree on everything. Right. Well, that that is not what real unity, you know. And we're not talking about. Let, let's make it clear here. I mean, this is um, what do they call this month, Pride Month, right? I don't know. I guess it, this is the the month. You know, like you know, Jessica had a. Oh, you talking about like gay pride or yeah, whatever? Yeah, yeah. Jessica had a list. Oh, it was her her grocery list last night. She and she puts gay pride on the grocery list for <laughs> no, you. No, <laughs> no, no. Well, maybe we could get good treatment or something. Yeah. But she put. Uh, she's like, look at this. They got a list for Pride Month, like like Pride Month. Uh, oh, items that you can buy that will yeah, support it. No, or like Pride Month, or or support it, or or that run along with it. You know, like it was like Skittles, right? Taste the rainbow, and uh, okay. all these different like rainbow type things. And so, you know, sometimes unity thinks that we means that we've got to tolerate something, and that's just not the case. You know, uh, you, uni- right. unity is not about tolerance in the sense that I'm tolerating something wrong. I'm never tolerating anything wrong. Unity is about us. If we understand that we have a common, what's the word? A common goal. Union, mm-hmm, common goal. If okay. we have a common goal to do something, and so as Christians, what's our common goal? What should be our common goal? Well, get to heaven. Um, be more like Christ. Yeah, and get people things. there with us. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And so if we if we can agree on some of these fundamental things, right, and understand that, like, okay, I want to be more like Jesus. Yeah, I want to get people to heaven. I want it to do what the I want to do what the Lord tells me. I want to do it His way. Then, what that does is it gives me a, a banner of unity that I can unite under. You, you got what I'm saying? Yeah. It gives me something that I can that I can then uh, we can unite under that we have a, a common cause. Now, here's where the 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 kind of the hiccups come into play right like in a in a marriage for example you know uh, you know it's all good on on the honeymoon until you get home and and now she squeezes the toothpaste different than you do right Right. she wads it up and you want to curl it up or whatever yeah and the are you a water or a curler naturally i want to squeeze from the bottom and then roll it Mm-hmm. Curl, I guess that's what you're calling curly. Yeah, you know, like the little thing. Yeah, Courtney's a she squeezes from the top. Yeah, I so. just I just grab it and go, and then I figured that there's a point down the in the future where I'll have to change my mechanics of the squeeze, you know, to to maximize. Then the cheap side of Chris comes out. You know, I'm yeah. I'm, I'm all for the easy until it starts getting in my pocket. But then I have to figure then out a way. Then you're a roller. <laughs> then I'm a roller, right? And so, but you know, like when 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 you're dating, mm-hmm. you know, you just think like, oh, it's just going to be bliss. We're never going to fight. You know, we're never going to have a fuss. We're never going to argue. It's just everything. We're just even the things that that about my wife that that I may not like. Those things will never be real big deals to me. Well, you know, that just that's so silly to think about, isn't it? Right. And and you know. It's the same way in every single thing, you know. Whether it's a working relationship, whether it's a whether it's a, a church, whether it's a working relationship in the church, mm-hmm. or or a marriage, or whatever the case may be, as long as you can understand that, as a marriage, for example, you know, our job is to is is holiness and not happiness. Yeah, 
So if my job, if, if we're going to base our marriage on holiness and not happiness, then that's going to change my focus. Because if it's on happiness, then I'm, I'm going to be wanting what makes me happy. That's right. And then and if you're just basing your marriage on happiness, then then ultimately you're going to, when you're not happy, you're going to, you're going to look for a way out and you're going to look for the world to validate. And we've talked about that. If you're looking, if, if people are looking for the world to validate something, you're going to get it every single time. You just look at pride month or whatever we, and I think that we've been explicitly clear on this podcast, but if you're a first time listener, we love everybody. But however, we feel like that God loves everybody. And the Bible teaches though, that, that you are to leave sin. And so, not one sin is greater than the other, but if you're living in sin, whatever that sin may be, whether it's drunkenness, adultery, lying, stealing, homosexuality, you're to leave it and you're to repent from that. And and so ultimately, there's there's a lot of people who have a sin problem in their life, and so they're looking for happiness and not for holiness. And when I'm when I'm looking for happiness and not holiness, and I don't, and the church disagrees with that. Or if my marriage disagrees with that, you have you have one of two options. You can look to the world for validation, or you can look to the Bible for validation, and that's the that's the two things. That's your two options. You're going to get so if, if I'm looking for holiness, you better be looking to God's word to validate it, and not the world. If you're looking for happiness, you better look for God's word to, to validate it, and not the world, because ultimately God calls us really calls Christians to, to be content even in suffering. And so we're to, we're to do things God's way. And so when God when God puts his, his stamp on something, holiness is not acceptance. Holiness is, is denying myself and lining my life up with what God is and, and what God decides. So a lot of people get this, this decision in their minds to where they think, okay, well, well, this Pride Month, when when you look at a biblical standpoint, it tells us the pride of life is something to get rid of, and and so pride is something that I need to swallow. Some pride is something I need to set aside. That the gospel is about me me denying myself and and coming to Christ and following Him, and so if I'm going to continue to to follow follow Jesus, I've got to do things His way and not my own way. So, what are some things that we can disagree on then? I mean, we can disagree on because um, we got to have a standard about what we're going to agree on, right? You know, you, you just said it yourself that that either I'm going to look to the world for validation. If I want to do something wrong, I'm sure. Like we had our, you know, one on alcohol a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there's a lot of um, people that I love and care about a lot, but you know, they're going to make a lot of cases biblically how it's okay to to drink alcohol mm-hmm. and. So we had that one. We had, or, or we had one on um, the last couple ones on generosity. Yeah. You know, we talked about generosity. Before that was cancel culture. You know, all, all these things we have to, anything that we're going to talk about or we're going to unite, right, on, we're going to have to have a standard. So what what are we going to have to agree on as a standard? Well, the, there's some there's some core things that, that I'm not going to compromise on. What do you mean by that? Salvation. I'm not compromising on what the Lord teaches about salvation. All right, so we're talking about Christianity now. Christianity, okay. yeah. So Christianity, you know, salvation is bar. I mean, it's there's there's no to me there's no way for ends or buts. But for me to for me to be in fellowship with somebody, then then I then I have to agree on the salvation thing. Now, 
that however in a friendship i don't have to i don't have to agree with somebody on salvation for them to be my friend right now if they're going to have some core beliefs if they're dropping f bombs you know at at my, at the dinner table then they're they're not going to be they're not going to be at my dinner table long and i'm certainly not going to go back to their dinner table so there's but there's some people who would who will accept somebody who's who's saying those things but I'm not going to continue to accept those things. But, however, that, that doesn't mean that I can't be an influence in their life to help try to lead them to Christ. So there's, a, so there's all these things. You, you look at what did, Jesus, what did Jesus accept. You know, the, the woman who was caught in adultery, he accepted the woman, but he didn't accept her sin. He said, where's your accuser? She said, no one, Lord. You know, they all threw the stones down. Then I'm throwing it with her. But he said... Neither do I accuse you, but go and sin no more. So he accepted her. He accepted her baggage. He accepted her flaws. But he was too good to leave her that way. Her challenges that her, she was going to. Her challenges, yeah. Yeah, the things that, that he knew that was going to be a, a bumps in a road for her. Yeah. And, and, but he said, go and sin no more. So he has, he has this standard. And so certainly we can't, we can't, um, we can't live up to the standard of holiness that God is. He's holy, holy, holy. That's the holiest that you can be. My desire is to be that way, but I need his grace to cover my to cover my sin. But it but when you look at Romans six, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. God forbid. How shall we who died to sin live any longer therein? So and and it identifies us dying to sin with is with our baptism. So whenever I come to Christ He's going to accept some things about me, but however, he no no longer should I be living for sin. I should be living for him. So I don't know if I've gone a long ways around what your question is, but like to to me, there's a there there are levels of what I will accept for what I'm trying to accomplish. So I reckon what I'm saying is is that there ultimately is going to have to be in a standard if we're going to if we're going to be unified, like you said, your friend, right? You may have a friend that's a, you know, has a highly moral life, for mm-hmm, example, mm-hmm. right? You know, one of your buddies in the denominations or something yeah, like that. But we right? disagree on salvation. I can still yeah, be his friend. That's right. We can still be pals. We can fish together or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, there's a whole other series of lessons we could do on how much time do you spend with your fishing right, buddies, right. you know, but, but we'll just table that for another time. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is, is that we've got to have a, we're going to have to set a standard that we're going to unite under. And so if you have one group, for example, that teaches that salvation is by faith alone. You know, I'm just I'm just saved through faith, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my faith in God is what's going to save me. I'm going to believe in Jesus. I'm going to ask him into my heart, whatever, right? And then you have this other group over here that teaches that we've got to really understand who the Lord is and what he wants us to do in our lives and how we're going to have to deny ourselves, die to ourselves, Repent of our sins, be immersed for the forgiveness of our sins, and him that adds us to the to his uh, New Testament church. Right, and we're really what I believe is that people have misidentified what faith is. What you were just naming in a second, I believe is faith. That's right. It, it, that's a that's that's a faith response. That's right. right. Mm-hmm. And so, and and that's what I'm getting at. So, if we're going to say that we're going to unite, yeah, then we cannot compromise on these standards. So we're going to have to agree that there is one way that we're going to do it. There's one standard, and it's the Lord's way. That's yeah, right. so, like, it could be salvation. It mm-hmm. could be, you know, uh, whatever. You know, the, there's, there's a lot of things. Now, we can, we can um, 
you know, you, you think about the church. So the Lord always looks at the church in the ideal. And what I mean by that is that he always points to the, in prophecy, whether it's in Isaiah 11, when he talks about the wolf laying down with the lamb and the, I mean, the lamb laying down with the wolf or the child sticking her hand in the snake's den and the ox shall learn to, I mean, the, the lion shall learn to eat grass, I think is one of the analogies it uses there. Mm-hmm. And what he's talking about is seeing the church in the ideal. In the sense that don't sound real ideal to me. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? I don't want to put. I don't want to be a child sticking my hand in a snake's den. But well, but, but so what do you mean by the ideal? So like, the Lord looks at us and He sees us in the for what we can be. Okay, yeah. not for what we are. All right, good explanation there. So He He looks at the church and He sees us for what He's done with the blood of Jesus. Revelation one five or four, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, we are bathed in his blood, Colossians one and verse eleven, in whom we have redemption, even the forgiveness of sins by his blood. Yeah. You know, so so God, you know, through Jesus makes us perfect. Yes. Makes it you know, the the you know, we, we've we, we've talked about this before. I used to think that I had to kind of work my way up Grace's pipe, but you know, I realized that that when I was immersed and the Lord added me to the church that I went straight to the top. Right. And and so and I don't even like to use the term that maybe I won't need as much blood as as time goes on because it implies that I'm I'm I don't need Jesus as much. But I'm always going to be at the top with the Lord. I'm you know so he sees us in the ideal. Mm-hmm. So he sees you know, so it makes me think about Number one, for him to see us in the ideal, he had to see us from all the way. You know, Paul in Ephesians 1, you know, uh, verse 4 or 5, whatever it is, you know, he predestined us mm-hmm. by adoption, yeah. you know. As sons, right. Right, before the foundation of the world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he had patience before patience even existed. You're right. You know, Acts 17 and verse, what is it, 35 or something, 30, something like that. Um Verse 30, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, right. but now commands all men everywhere to repent. So, right. so what you're saying is that God could, from eternity, could look all the way down the pipe. You know, Paul's on the Oropagus on Mars Hill, and he's saying God looked all the way from the beginning and said, there's a point and there's a time in the future that I'm looking over unto that point. You know, we see time in a linear fashion yeah. to where, where there's a beginning of Chris and there's an end of Chris. There's a beginning of Bob, there's an end of Bob, and, and whatever the case may be but god looks at it and he could see he could see it from the beginning to the point where jesus came to where he could take care of the problem front to back and so we got to have the you know i think the one thing that we lack and need to learn is patience with people because if we can be patient with people then i can not tolerate i'm not talking about tolerating right because there's a point where you cut bait right Mm -hmm. but where you can see the potential that people can become. Because if then if you see the potential that people can become, then you're going to pour that into them. I mean, you think about that idea, that scenario of the wolf and the lamb. You know, the, the wolf has got to learn that that lamb is not food. Everything about that wolf wants to eat that lamb. Mm-hmm. And the lamb's got to learn, I don't run away. My instinct is to run, run, run. I've got to learn that. I've got to change this fundamental thing about me in order to be the person that I can become. And so the Lord could look at the church and see it in its ideal because he was patient. He could see us to what we could become, to the people that that Jesus could could transform us in. Be ye what? Romans 12 and verse 1 and 2. Beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, that you be what? 
Don't Which is your reasonable service. And don't do be not com- be conformed to this world, right, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. And so, you know, what this person, the Lord, could turn us into, you know, how we could, you know, in the ideal, become the person that the Lord wants us to be. And so, you know, we, when, I, when I look at somebody, I'm so thankful for the patience that people have had with me over the years and many times. Amen. And, and I'm thankful for the patience that people had didn't have with me because sometimes I needed a hard conversation. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sometimes we can be too patient. I'm not saying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, but, if, but if you have a brother who's living in sin, and I'm not talking about somebody who's in the world. I'm talking about somebody who's named a brother because there's a difference. Somebody who's named a brother who's, who's steering from the faith and you know, I, I look at I look at a lot of temptations that that some of these that young men have, whether they be you know teenagers, college, right out of college. There's a lot of temptations that are there, and a lot of these temptations are sexual temptations for these guys, mm-hmm. even guys who are raised up in the church, whether it be pornography, fornication, whatever it may be. And so, you know, whenever there's there's times whenever you know you. You can you can see sometimes whenever there's a brother and and you you know that they're living in sin, and so there's times whenever I'll be patient with them and I'll lovingly have conversations with them that that say you know to talk about how that man you know there's times that I've messed up in my life and those kind of things, but then there's other times where I talk to him and says hey you got to cut this off, mm-hmm. and and so I'm not saying that I get this right all the time. That's not that's not what I'm here to talk about. But but what I'm saying is is yes, you can be you can be too patient and and continue to love them how they are and think and and then them be in a state where they think that God's still accepting them for what they're doing and that's wrong. And 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 that's that Romans one thirty one or thirty two that you know the condemnation of those that approve of those things. Right. You know that Paul's talking about you know these sexual sexual sins he's yeah. talking about mm-hmm. and, and the condemnation is for the people that are living these lives and the ones that accept them. So unity means that we have got to number one in my mind, we've got to agree on a standard. Right. So we're going to as Christians, we're going to be the kind of people that wants to be constantly transformed. You know, daily. Right. I present your bodies a living sacrifice. That's a everyday thing right yeah so absolutely i'm going to be transformed daily and and um i, I saw a, a buddy of mine that i knew a long time ago i haven't talked to him in years and i don't know how this thing and i don't i don't spend a lot of time on social media but but uh, uh his post popped up the other day and it was a picture of him like in 2015 or something like that and uh he was like, this guy was a knucklehead. It was a picture of him. Oh, and yeah. and I remember th- I was cutting my grass, and I was thinking about that because I was trying to listen to a sermon is what I was trying to do and, on my lawnmower. And, and it was a sermon that somebody had posted on Facebook. Well, I happened to see this guy on there, and I remember thinking, you know, I should look at that guy every day. You know, the, the guy yesterday and think, that guy was a knucklehead. You know, I've, I've got to get better. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that guy yesterday was a knucklehead. I've got to do better. That's right. And so, you, you know, you think about it from a unity standpoint, you know, I've, I've got to be patient with people and see their potential. I mean, I, I think about like Acts 15, right? You, you, let's look at that. You want to look at that? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, you're already there. <laughs> that's right. Pre- premeditated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think about uh, – this biblical standard, and I just want to make reference to one scripture, First Corinthians four six. Mm-hmm. He tells them, he says, "Don't don't learn, uh, you know, 
that you may learn in us not to think beyond what is written. And that's what that's what we need to think about in our lives too is is there's some things that we can be opinionated about and be wrong. We we don't need to go beyond what's written in, in God's word. And and everything else everything else becomes either an opinion which belongs in first opinions chapter 1 or second opinions chapter 2. <laughs> right. And and then or it becomes a, a heresy, just a teaching of man. And so mm-hmm. we have to be very careful not to make, not to not to um, be speaking where the Bible doesn't speak. And uh, so we we need to be we need to be speaking where it does speak. So uh, I just want to say that the preface before we go into so Acts fifteen. Where, yeah, where Acts do you fifteen. Roll out? Verse thirty six. Roll with it. It says then after some days Paul said to Barnabas. Let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they're doing. So, you know, Paul and Barnabas are united under a standard, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's go back, visit our brethren. So he's going to see the church, and where they're going to see him at in every city where we've preached the word of the Lord. So now they're going back to the places where there's they they there's brethren and places where they were there evangelizing. Mm-hmm. You know, they, these different congregations that they started. Good breakdown of verse 36. Good job. <laughs> All right. Yeah. And and so verse 37. Now Barnabas was determined to take with him John, called Mark, but Paul insisted that they should not take with him, not take, verse 38, but Paul insisted that they should not take with him the one who departed from them in Pamphylia and had not gone with them to the work. Then the contention became so sharp that they departed from one another. So Barnabas took Mark, sailed to Cyprus. Paul chose Silas and departed, being commended by the brethren by the grace of God. He went through Syria and Cilicia, Cilicia, strengthening the churches. So apparently, at some point, Mark had failed them. Mm-hmm. You know, well, I don't know what it was, but Mark had failed them. It just says that. Verse 38, Paul insisted they should not take with them the one who had departed from them in Pamphylia. I don't know if. Mark had a crisis of faith. If Mark had a had a uh, you know uh, something yeah. something that came up you yeah. know in his life, I I don't know. But he, some, he backed out at some point because he didn't go with him to the work, is what it says. But Paul certainly, Paul had he lost his confidence in in Mark. Right. Now, Mark and uh, Barnabas are cousins. They're they're related to each other. Okay, I didn't know that. And the I think it's somewhere in here. I'm pretty sure that's I'm pretty sure that's in there somewhere. But they're they're related to each other. So, you know, there's going to be a natural inkling. Maybe Mark, maybe Barnabas knows more about Mark's character than than um, Paul does. Yeah, or maybe it's uh, you know sometimes these things are maybe Barnabas saw that this would be the best place for Mark. That Mark still has potential, but he's not he's not solid yet. But maybe going with Paul and Barnabas would be the best thing for Mark. Say that again now. So you know how sometimes all right, you you may have you may have uh, so let's say me and you are going on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we may talk about personnel who we might take with us. Right. And if we say okay, this guy's solid, this guy's solid, we're going to take this guy. Well, what about this other dude? Well, I don't think he's necessarily he's not at a real solid point in his life, but I think that this mission trip will help change his life and solidify it. If he spends a week with us working. Right. So I think that maybe 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 Mark wasn't solid at this point, but John is or but Barnabas is going, Paul, 
I really think Mark needs to go with us. That this is going to be the best thing for him. But but Paul's like, no, I've washed my hands of him at this point. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it could have been one of those situations. So did 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 Mark? I mean, not Mark. Let's just set Mark aside, okay? Mark okay. is kind of the the I don't know. He's the the meat on the bones here right. of the problem. Uh, but he's the issue. But did did Barnabas or Paul sin in their decisions? I don't. I don't see where there's a sin. I. I, I they just. That, they just agreed to disagree, and they both went separate ways. But they both went their ways working for the Lord. That's right. I mean, verse thirty nine. It says, "Then the contention became so sharp, so they realized that there was a point that hey, it, that it may even cross. It may get to the point that it could cross boundaries. Right. Right. I mean, Ephesians four. Paul said, I think it's verse thirty two. Be ye angry, sin not. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. I mean, he's real. That's Paul writing that. And he's talking in Ephesians 4. I th- what do you think about when you think about Ephesians 4? Well, that wasn't verse 32. 32 says, be be kind to one another, tenderhearted, oh, forgiving one another as, as God in Christ forgave you. What do I think about in Ephesians 4? Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty interesting. I actually was talking about, I was teaching our youth about this yesterday before we went to watch a movie. We had a, a Bible study yesterday afternoon, and we are talking about unity and how that how that we should be unified and, and that, that we need to be a unified group. We need to be unified through the summer, through all our activities. And so I was talking with them about this, the fact that, that there's, you know, there's one body, there's one spirit, you're called in one hope. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So there's all these things that draw us together. But so I asked them, I said, how do we attain that though? Well, when you look at, you look at verse two of Ephesians four, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, and that's endeavor, and then endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And so I asked them. I said, "Why?" I asked our youth group, "Why in the world did 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 Paul need to write to to the Lord's church and tell them you need to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace? Why would why would they need that? It's because we forget." Because we're people. Because we're people. The church we, is full of people. The church is full of people, so we fail. That's and right. So this is something that we have to do. We have to endeavor to keep this. Otherwise, we're going to lose it. And so he tells us in, in verse 2, with all lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, and bearing with one another. That's how we. That's how that we're going to attain this. And so I asked him, I said, well, y'all define gentleness for me. What does that mean? And so they, you know, they had some ideas or whatever. Well, so... You take it. You take a, a newborn baby. What kind of gentleness you're going to have to have in a newborn baby? Some extreme gentleness. You take a two year old. You take Camille, for example. I can throw her up. You know, I can swing her around. Can't do that with a newborn, right? But then you take, you know, Case. Well, I can throw him across. I the room. can throw him across the room. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Carson, I can lay on him. That's right. You know, he's almost fourteen. <laughs> right. So I told I told him I said, well, if you get two boys up here, you get Andrew Lot. And and uh, oh, what's the uh, Browning boy's name? Not not uh, Tristan. Tristan, yeah. I said, so if you get Tristan and uh, and and Andrew up here, I said, if I tell you, if I say, okay, you guys can wrestle, I say, hey, y'all, be careful. What am I telling you not to do? Don't go through that wall, right? Right. And don't no knives, no knives. All right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so I said, so y'all be y'all be gentle, y'all be easy. All mm-hmm. right. I'm just telling y'all, don't break each other's faces, don't right. throw punches. Right. And so what happens is, is we misidentify what 
what level of gentleness needs to be per situation. So you have some people who need heavy doses of gentleness. There might be that newborn babe. You have some people that are real sound. Mean you can mean you can wrestle about certain scriptural things in in your office when it's just me and you, and we can go toe to toe on those things. But we have this we have this idea that we're so unified and we're so bonded together because of our relationship in Christ and in the Word that we can bounce things off of each other that we wouldn't dare bounce off of each other on a podcast, right? Or that we wouldn't dare bounce across each other maybe in front of other people, right? And, and so. We don't have to be as gentle. In the church or out of the church. In the church or out of the church. We don't have to be as gentle in that situation. So are we still having gentleness in those conversations? Yes, it's just a different kind of level. Right, it's just no knives. No knives. Right. And and uh, sometimes guns. But <laughs> but that's just if they're hurting our side at the moment. Right. But, <laughs> or your front side. Yeah. So with But with, with that level of gentleness, when, when keeping unity, I said, I said well, how, how gentle do you need to be with... With somebody that doesn't really know Jesus, and that's that's a whole nother you you have to you have to bear with them, and and I have to I have to okay well man they don't get that either so I'm gonna have to walk them through this that's that's a whole never another level of gentleness you know I got a I got a uh, there's a brother in Christ that sometimes he's he's coming out of the world well he might be sitting in my house well he still uses some four letter words every now and then. I'm being gentle with him. Mm-hmm. If if you're coming in my house using four letter words, I'm gonna, dude. What's wrong with you? I'm gonna yeah. beat you upside the head. Right with right. him, he's you know, and, and so I don't want to go into too many details, but I have another level of gentleness. It's like I'm gonna let a couple of those things slide because I understand that he's still trying to get out of that. Mm-hmm. And so I disagree with him on that, but I I love him. Right, and so you you, you go back to this this. With John Mark, I mean, um, yeah, Paul and, Paul uh, and Barnabas. Yeah. You know, you know the we don't get much about Barnabas's character other than his name. You know, the, mm-hmm. the that he's a son of encouragement. Son of encouragement. So we get, you know, you you, you kind of were introduced to Barnabas. We talked about it last week with generosity. You know, he's the one that sells a piece of land and lays it at the apostles' feet. Yeah, what and, a dude! And the beginning, you know, wherever they go with Paul. You know, with Paul, uh, you know Paul and Barnabas going together, it's Barnabas and Paul, and then it's Barnabas, and then it's eventually Saul and Barnabas. You know, so it starts out Barnabas needing to go with Paul to kind of validate him, right? You know, like he's going to the churches, and the people are wanting to know, like you know, they're going to be scared, like ain't this the dude that's persecuting us? Ain't this the dude that's causing all this trouble? Well, Barnabas is there to kind of validate it's okay. You know, he's the real deal. Well. You know, by, so we we only get the character of Barnabas in those kind of like snippets. Colossians four ten, he's the cousin. That's where that's at. Okay, there you go. Did you Google that? No, that's awesome. I'm glad you found that. But no, but I was wanting to show one other thing too is that um, Paul evidently had gotten back into some kind of relationship. With, with, with Mark, yeah, mm-hmm. because in Colossians four, I was I was this is what I was looking for. Verse ten, he says, "I don't know how we're, we're mean. You're probably going to disagree on this word, <laughs> Aristarchus. <laughs> Aristarchus. How, how, how do you say it? Aristarchus. Aristarchus. I don't know. I'm not. Hey, that's this probably word. good. Aristarchus. I looked it up before I came in here. Anyways, on the Bible. He says, "My fellow prisoner greets you with Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, about whom you received instructions. If he comes to you." Welcome him. Look at Second Timothy four and verse eleven. 
This is what I think about. I, I had that's that's where I got the cousin thing from, but I had forgotten the tie that it makes there with Mark. All right, Second Timothy four eleven. Only Luke is with me. Stop. Paul's in Paul's in prison. He's in a jam up spot. You know, you read through the Book mm-hmm. of Acts, and you see that that you know it's Luke is telling the story. You know, and then eventually it's it's they 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 then it's we. Yeah. Because when he picks up the storyline with Paul, then it becomes we. You know, so you're getting sure first person perspective at that point. So the the story kind of takes a, I don't want to say personal level, but but it, its perspective changes from him telling a story to him living a, the story. Yeah. And when I say story, I just mean the the account. The account, right? But you no, know, this he, is a great reference. Though, you know, too. but Second Timothy four. You know, this is this is pretty much the last words of Paul. Sayonara, buddy. Right, I'm right. Going on to be with the Lord. Right, right. I'm being poured out. Peace out, exactly. Second yeah. Timothy four eleven. He says, "Look, everybody's left me. I mean, I, I don't have anybody left now, but just Luke. But I need you to do something, Timothy. What does he say to do? Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful to me for ministry. So, what do you know? There's there's no other indication that's a different Mark. Yeah, and and. So going back to this idea of unity and disagreement, we can be united under one cause. We're going to have one thing that we're going to unite under. We're going to be about the people that are saving souls. We want to I want my life to, to people to see Jesus in my life. I want that when there's when they look at Chris, I don't want any glory, but I want them to see the Lord in me. Because I want to go to heaven and I want them to go with me. And that's the thing that I want to unite with people with. And so if I'm going to be with people that want to do those things, that's going to change my focus. And so when 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 uh, Paul and Barnabas here are having this, you know, parlay, this backwards and forwards here, and it gets to the point that, you know, it's Ephesians 4.26, by the way. Be ye angry, sin not, let not the sun go down on your wrath. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to fact check you. And, and Paul writes that in the throes of the same chapter that he's writing about unity. Right. So he's writing about how to how to deal with anger and how to deal with problems in the throes of a chapter on unity. And so he tells him, Don't you, there's just a way that you can handle these things. So apparently this thing got so bad between John, I mean, um, Barnabas and Paul that they said, you know what? It's best if we part ways. That's right. It's, it was so sharp. Is that, isn't that what it said? Yeah, it says the contention became so sharp yeah. that they parted away. So if... If we're going to be united and we're going to say, okay, we're going to be united, we're going to do what the Lord wants us to do, then that may mean that we don't always agree on things. But there's a point where we got to be able to step away from it and say, you know what? What we're getting ready to do now could lead us into a situation where we're not going to be doing the right things. And so I need to step out of the way. I need to let. I need to go back and kill Chris again. He's really wanting to come up now. And for those of you that don't know, I'm Bob. He's Chris. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> there are some people that confuse that. But – yeah, so that's right. You, well, I have to go back and kill myself, and and oftentimes, you know, there. I, when I look at the Book of Philippians, I, I understand that, and this is one thing that I that I preface with uh, with couples. Whenever I'm I'm counseling them in marriages, if you can't change your circumstances, you better change your attitude, and and th- and it'll change everything. And a lot of times, if I if I can't Whenever I change my attitude about a situation, you know, it just it just changes everything. And so I'm I'm not going to identify and I'm not going to walk the streets and I'm not going to buy merchandise for people who are celebrating 
people that are living in sin openly and they're justifying it because what they're doing is they're not loving them. Yeah, and and they're can they're they're approving of sin, and that's going to lead them to hell. I see people say these statements, and I may even talk about this some Sunday. Like, take back the rainbow. Listen, it's not it's not theirs anyways. No, it don't belong to them. I mean, that's just like us claiming the moon because we got our blooming flag on it. Right. It don't know it don't know more no. to us than it does anybody else. Right. And and so God used that rainbow. He said, "This is the sign that I'm going to make with you. They can, they can try to claim it, but it's not theirs to claim. It'll it's be it'll be purified." Uh, in Revelation 4. That's right. And so, you know, um, I think the first thing we got to come to conclusion is that we've got to be united under one cause. Then yeah. we can deal with a lot of decisions, right? And, and, that, and that cause has got, a, has got a certain standard. That's and that right. standard is a biblical standard. That's right. Hey, we'll pick up there again next week. Sounds good. This is the Unscripted Podcast.